I want to preach to you tonight uh, a message I've entitled this, The Evidence of Dependence. The Evidence of Dependence. And I want to read to you a scripture from the book of Proverbs. Come on, who loves wisdom? We had a wisdom tonight. And uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6 says this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend. Everyone say depend. On your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Trust Him, Lord, with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Lord, we thank You for Your Word tonight. We thank You that Your Word carries power. It carries authority. I ask, Lord, that I wouldn't preach from my flesh tonight, but under the anointing of heaven, I pray that yokes, Father, will be broken tonight. Let burdens be lifted off. Let Your presence just come as the Word is ministered and let people be set free into a new season of life. We pray tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said? Amen. 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 I'm doing all the flight stories today, but uh, I was on a a flight recently to Perth, which is always how a bad story starts, (laughs) because Perth is definitely up there with the worst of Australian cities, if you've ever been there. It's it's a long way away for a reason. (laughs) And uh, it's... It's kind of just doing it's kind of just doing its own thing. Whenever I call my friends in Perth, I gotta check the time zone because it's like calling China. It's very far. And so I was uh, I was on this flight to Perth and, and I've flown a fair bit, so I don't mind turbulence, but we got about 15 minutes into the flight and it was a Qantas flight, I had Wi-Fi, which is fantastic. Love Wi-Fi on the plane. And uh, so I was there and I was sending my wife some text messages and just going, how are you? How are you? what's going on? And so anyway. We go 15 minutes into the flight and and we hit turbulence. And what I mean by turbulence is like a violent shaking of the aircraft. This wasn't like a nice little bump. I don't know how else to describe it other than Godzilla grabbed the plane and was just shaking it like this. And uh, I was on I was I was on row 1006 at the back of the plane. Like literally the furthest row you could get back on the plane which escalates everything phenomenally when it comes to turbulence. So I'm there on the plane and this thing is going crazy. It felt like a roller coaster. The plane's just dropping and then coming up again. Again and dropping and shaking. And I, I am literally petrified. I thought I was going to die. Genuinely, I thought I was going to die because it wasn't holding up. It was just shaking and shaking and shaking and shaking. And so you always wonder what you do in moments like that. You'd like to think you're the guy who gets up on the intercom and leads the plane to Jesus. <laughs> I found out in that moment, I am absolutely not that guy. So... I'm, sta- I'm sitting there on the plane and this thing's just going for it. It's shaking violently. And I sent my wife a text message, plane not good, love you. And, <laughs> and the guy next to me grabs my hand. We hadn't spoken yet and he grabs my hand. <laughs> we're looking at each other. I got one hand on the seat and we're just going up and down and up and down. And this thing is just violently shaking. And, and it's, it's <laughs> I was so scared. And, and Hannah, obviously I'm still alive, so you know how the story ends, but Hannah texted me afterwards. I, she's like, don't send me the I love you, plane's not good text, and then don't reply for 10 minutes. So she's at home calling down heaven, shut up, you know, like, believe him that the plane's not going to drop out the air, having the most stressful 10 minutes of her life. And, uh, and it's funny, right? These, these pressure moments reveal what's in you right now now I gotta say I did I did pray but it was just for me 
I, I, I did pray. I'm proud of myself. I did pray. And I, I said, God, please save me. Just save me. I want to get home to my kids. I don't even care if we don't make it to Perth. Just get me home to my kids. And, and it, these moments of pressure, they, they do reveal what's in you, right? They, we don't like this thought of being dependent on God. But it's essential to living a life of faith, really. God, God wants to bring us to a place of dependence on Him. And I don't think we like that in Australia. We don't like that thought. Because in our culture, maturity is marked by independence, right? I don't need anyone or anything. And the more mature I am, the more aware I am of how little I need those around me, how little I need anything to function in this life. Maturity is marked by independence. But who knows in the kingdom of God, it's not that way. No, maturity in faith is actually having a revelation of your dependence on God. A revelation that you wouldn't have breath in your lungs, money in your bank account, a house for your family if it wasn't for the goodness of God. It's a revelation of our dependence on Him that is actually a mark of maturity. You know, I've found as I've gotten older, I've become more aware. You know, my 31 years, it's incredible. It's incredible legacy I've got. <laughs> I'm staring at the pot, everybody. I know I'm young. But I, I, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing more and more that maturity is not self-confidence. Maturity is a increased awareness on our need for God in our life. An increased awareness that we are dependent on God, come on, for every good thing. Come on, who can testify today that God is a good God, that He is dependable, He is faithful, that He is worthy of us putting the weight of our life upon? He wants us to live lives of great dependence on Him. This, this passage from Proverbs is interesting because it says, do not depend on your own understanding. Another version uh, in the ESV puts it like this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean. Do not lean on your own understanding. So the Bible is interplaying this word depend and lean because really in the original language, they're the same thing. It's the word shan, which means to lean. Why is it using the word lean? Because if I lean on something and it goes down, I'm going down with it. The Bible is saying, I want you to place your dependence. I want you to lean the weight of your life on God because He is the only thing that isn't going to fall through. This word lean comes from the, the word shan, which comes from an Old Testament practice of kings. And kings would appear in public with their advisors on either side of their arm and they would physically lean on them. It was a symbol, a public symbol of what was privately true. But these are the ones that the king is leaning on. These are the ones that the king is depending on. These are the ones who are giving the king wisdom. These are the ones who are giving the king insight. So to appear in public with the king leaning on you was a great honour because it was a demonstration that you were one whom the king leans on. And there's so much we could say about this tonight, but this is one thing. We are kings and queens in the kingdom of God. But God doesn't want His kings and queens to walk in arrogance and self-reliance. He wants us to walk leaning on Him for everything in our life, to live a life, come on, dependent on the Lord. It must be publicly true, but also privately true. What you're leaning on is what you are depending on. How do you know if you're leaning on something other than God? Well, I think you can figure it out pretty quickly by answering this question. If it fell through, would you fall with it? If, if, if you don't make it out the uni degree and it falls through, would, you, would your life fall apart? 
If the relationship fell through, would you fall with it? If the, if the deal falls through, would you feel, fall with it? Or is there a, a rock on which your life is built that is unmovable, come hell or high water, that your life is built on something dependable? We are not called, come on, to independence. We are called to great dependence on God. Lean not on your own understanding, says the Lord. Lean on me. If Jesus was here tonight leading worship, he'd just be like, lean on me. <laughs> When you're not strong, that's what he'd say. And I'll be your friend. I can't sing. No, I can't. That's, no, nope. That was the pinnacle. That's, that's the peak. My wife mocks me in worship, actually. She says, I got one key. At it. I can get that key and that's it. Every song's in that key. So, uh... <laughs> He would say, lean on me, not because I need you, not because God has an ego problem where he needs us to depend on him, but the best thing for you in your life is that you live a life, come on, leaning on the Lord, depending on him. So what's some evidence in your life you can look for to see whether you're living a life that's dependent on God? I've got, I got a few thoughts on this. Number one, you don't just inform God, you involve God. You don't just inform God, you involve God. Can I tell you, there's a big difference between informing God and involving Him. I learned this from my daughter. She's, she's a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, dainty little thing, and she has got me wrapped around her finger and pray for me that that, that releases because I need to raise her stronger because she she's so cute. And, 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 and sometimes we'll be there and she wants a bicky and she'll, she'll say, Daddy, get me a bicky. And I know it's wrong. I'm like, you should say please. And I just want to respond because she's so cute. And I snap out of it and I say, no, no, no. Hey, can we have a conversation about this? Daddy, can you please get me a bicky? Daddy, can we have a conversation about whether I'm allowed to have a bicky? But she has this kind of arrogance about it where she just assumes she can inform me of what I am going to do on her behalf. And I think some Christians pray like that. We, we don't involve God. We just inform Him of what we're doing and ask Him to bless it. God, this is who I'm dating. Now help it work out. God, this is, <laughs> this is the new business venture I'm heading into. Now you better make it prosper. God, this is the house I'm buying and you better make that sale come through. And God's like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Do I get to have some input into this? Are you informing me or are you involving me? I'll give you, give you a pro tip today. Uh, God's already informed. He's already informed on what you're doing. He's informed on the ins and outs of your heart, your motivations about everything, right? He is fully informed. But what you get to choose is whether he is involved. Whether you are inviting him into the decisions of your actual life. Can I tell you, I don't want to live a life telling God to get on board with what I am doing. I want to live a life where I get on board with what God is doing. And the only way to do that, come on, is to shut your door, get on your knees and cry out in dependence to the Lord that he would get involved in the decisions of your life. We don't inform him. He was already informed. What a joke. We involve him. Jesus said, who said jokes? That's great. Jokes. <laughs> I'm informing God. Jokes. He's already informed. Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus says, written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We must live on the words proceeding from his mouth. It is an evidence in your life that there is dependence on God in your world. Number two, uh, you're not just a body part. You're part of the body. 
You're not just a body part, you're part of the body. I love Ephesians 1.23, it says, The church is Christ's body in which He speaks and acts and by which He fills everything with His presence. We live in a, in a day and age, and particularly with a young adult generation at the moment, where we would like to think that I can depend on Jesus independent of His church. Oh, I know I'm going to touch a nerve tonight. But we're at second base. Come on. This is, <laughs> this is our second date now. Come on. I only need Jesus. I depend on Jesus, but, but the church is optional in my life. I only need Jesus. Yeah, it's true you only need Jesus, but the church is Jesus' body. And a part of depending on Jesus is learning how to depend on his body in a healthy way. Now, I don't know how else to show you this other than to get Isaiah to come up here with me. Come up here, mate. This is his time to shine. He's, a, he's been waiting for this moment. The entire trip. This is a lot longer than he was standing this morning. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Now, I want you to imagine for me that poor Isaiah has a fall. Okay, he just, he's had a fall on the stage, just fall over. Oh my gosh. Oh. Just listen to the sympathy, just crying out. Oh, it's terrible. Poor Isaiah. Oh, the outcries of mercy. And, and, and now, now let's, be, let's be real for a minute. We all find ourselves in places like this sometimes. We, we're in a pit, right? Whether it's emotionally, financially, relationally, in your family, with your study, whatever it is, right? We find ourselves in pits from time to time. Now this is where we normally start getting dependent on God. It's called dependence via default. I have no other choice but to be dependent on God. And it's in moments like this that we say, God, I'm dependent on you. I need you. Would you come through for me? God, I throw the full weight of my life upon you. Would you please get me out of this situation? And God goes on it. Come on, I'm going to defend you. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to help you. And, and, he, and, he, and here's what he does. He sends someone to help you. I don't know how else to show you this other than this way right now. He's out for the count. He clearly needs the help. Look, he does clearly need help. He clearly needs help. <laughs> and here's what so many Christians do. God sends them help. He reaches out to pick them up. Nope. <laughs> he reaches out to pick them up. And, 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 and believers are lying down and they say, no, no, I want help. I just don't want you to use your body to help me. I'm dependent on you, God, I need everything. And then your small group leader, your connect group leader sends you a text and you ghost them. God, I'm depending on you. I need you desperately in your life. And somebody in the church foyer looks you in the eye and asks you how you're going. And you say, I'm awesome, brother. Praise God. He's good. He's on the throne. And you lie. You lie. You just flat out lie. And God is wanting to help you, but He's going to help you by using His body to get you out of the pit that you are in. Can I tell you, I just want to hug you, so I'll make you up an excuse. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Can I tell you, you cannot have dependence on God that is independent of His body. Yeah. 
Dependence on God looks like accepting the help that He has surrounded you with. That's why I love, come on, that testimony about small groups. That's why I love that your church, come on, has all these courses you can connect with, people that can surround you with, because this is what it looks like to live dependent. Don't reject His arm when He sends it. It's what it looks like to live a life, come on, dependent on God. You did a fantastic fall and I'm very proud of you. Come on. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12 says, The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it's just the opposite. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. This isn't about pride. It's about dependence. Can I tell you, Christ's body has too many amputees. You can't be a body part one day a week. You don't have a foot on Monday. And then no foot on Tuesday, unless you're in a very precarious situation. No, no, you... When you're a body part, you're part of the body. It won't work to be connected one day of the week. It won't work just to rock up every other week. It won't work, come on, just to bring your kids once a month. No, no, no. Dependence on God, come on, looks like healthy dependence on His body. Can I tell you, love the church, value the church, connect with the church. It's Christ's body and you need it in your life. Don't be so proud to think you don't need His body. we got to live dependent on Him. <laughs> Is this okay? Number three tonight, the third evidence of dependence in your life is this. You don't see his presence as an extra, but as an essential. As an essential. I love the story of Moses. It's going to be one of my favorite story arcs in all the scripture. And Moses was obviously a great man of God, raised up by the Lord to deliver people out of slavery from Egypt. And he learned that God's presence wasn't an extra, but an essential in his life. When, when God first called Moses, we can see his immaturity of learning to depend on God in this scripture here. Listen to this. God calls Moses in Exodus 3.11 and Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? See, in his immaturity, Moses' greatest concern was his own performance. I can't speak right. I can't lead right. I can't do it right. But I love this. 30 chapters later, after he's seen the goodness of God, seen the deliverance of God's people, has seen the faithfulness of God, and God calls him again, Moses' response has completely changed. Exodus 33, 15 says, Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. As Moses grew in dependence, his greatest concern was no longer his performance, but God's presence in his life. It's an evidence of maturing in the Lord where you're no longer concerned about your ability to perform, but you are most concerned about whether God is there with you, whether His presence is there as you go. There's two kinds of people in this world. There's some people who have pickles on their burgers. Come on, where are my pickle people at? Good. Proud of you guys. There's a lot of hate out there in this world. Just stand strong. 
and the people who've rejected the greatest <laughs> vegetable or whatever, they put your hand up. Come on, you're not pickle people. You take that off. The argument, the argument about pickles <laughs> is profoundly theological. <laughs> it is whether they are an extra or whether they are an essential. Can I tell you, the presence of God isn't a pickle. That's powerful. Write that down. It's, thank you. It's not an extra. It's an essential. Let me tell you what distinguishes your church from other churches. Can I be honest with you? It's the presence of God. I walked into the meeting today, so I'm going to love ministering here because it's the presence of God. What's going to distinguish you from every other doctor? The presence of God. What's going to distinguish you from every other teacher? The presence of God. What's going to distinguish you from every other mum and dad? Is the presence of God. What goes with you but doesn't go with others? The presence of God. It cannot be an extra. It must be an essential in your life. And the more you are aware of your need for His presence, the greater maturity that you're walking in. I'm just becoming more and more aware that my performance is important. I should do my best, try my best, live with excellence, serve well, work hard. But there is a limit to that which our excellence and performance can produce. There is one thing your performance will never produce, change lives. It's the presence of God that changes lives. It's the presence of God that we need the most. I'll never forget a few years ago, I was in Brisbane. I went to a store called Culture Kings. It's a very full-on store. It's mainly full of eshes and it's, uh, it's, back then it was still, like I, I wanted to go there still. It was on the edge and uh, Culture Kings is an interesting store. You go in there and it's, um, it, it's so loud, you, like, your ears will explode. <laughs> your eardrums will cave in and, uh, and, and everyone in there is way cooler than you. It's just intimidating. <laughs> and uh, they've got a DJ on the top floor just dropping beats and and it's I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing they're definitely not playing like the Nord stage of spirit keys in the background in culture kings it's it's uh it's it's full on and I remember I don't know about you but when I go shopping I like to be left alone I don't want to know about the two for one deal babe like leave me alone you know like the, <laughs> the salesperson comes up and they're eyeing you off like <laughs> they got a chewy they always got a chewy uh, Hey man, do you know we got a social sale on today, like 30% off if you buy 10 tears. It's like, please get out of my face. Like, I just, I, I'm a man who knows what I want. I don't need you to convince me. And so I'll walk into this store and we're there and I'm just looking through the rack and, uh, and I see this guy coming out the corner of my eye and I'm, I'm like, my back's getting tense. So I'm getting, oh, leave me alone, please don't try and sell me something. And he comes up and I look at him in the eye and I can see his eyes are welling up with tears. And I turn to him and I, I say, hey mate, how are you? And he goes, good. His eyes are welling up with tears. And I, I don't know what to say because I was like, how are you mate? Like, are you okay? And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. And he said, um, I just want to ask you a question. He said, I, I just had this feeling when you walked into the store, like maybe you were a man of God. And I, I said to him, I was like, wow, like, what, what does that mean? It's like, I, I went on this camp when I was 15 and I felt this, I felt this presence. I felt what I'm feeling now on this camp. You gotta, I didn't preach this camp. He didn't know who I was, nothing like that. 
and we had this chat and I said, so, so what happened? What are you doing with your life now? And he said, well, when I was 16, or uh, 15 or 16, I can't remember that camp, made some mistakes and my girlfriend got pregnant. I was so embarrassed that I walked away from God and I was just convinced that he didn't love me anymore. And I said, bro, let me tell you, come on about the God who never left your sight. I just started telling him, like, God loved you at your worst and at your best. Come on, and he is here with us now as much as he was at that youth camp when you were a young man. He has grace for you. Come on, he loves you. He forgives you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Choke it up in the store. Just got to, to pray with him. And he's just encountering God <laughs> in the store and, and uh, the beats are dropping. like... <laughs> 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 And the other staff are looking at the racks like... <laughs> it's just encountering the presence of God. I, I just have a conviction in my life that that there, that is what separates us from the rest. Our revelation of our need to carry His presence and be directed by His Spirit in our life. Come on, it is what separates us, come on, from an ordinary church attender to a supernatural believer. Come on, walking in the things of God. Come on, may we get a revelation again tonight of our absolute need for God to be involved in our life, our absolute need for the presence of God where we go. May there be an evidence in our life of dependence on the Lord. I just wondered today if we could just stand to our feet all across this place. And I don't know where you're at tonight. I just feel to do this. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor Sam, life's caught up with me and I've been doing things in my own strength and I've forgotten about what matters and tonight I need to throw the weight of my life onto God again. I'm not just talking to people who don't know Jesus yet. Can I tell you, Jesus followers, believers, we need to come back to a life of dependence on Christ. Don't get so absorbed in the mechanics of what you're doing that you forget the most important thing, that God wants to be involved in your life, present in your life, in your life and in your world. So tonight, if you would just say, Lord, I need to throw my dependence on you again. I need to throw the weight of my life on you again. God, it's too big to carry on my own. I give it to you. Come on, would you lift your hands to heaven all across this place right now and just begin to give that weight over to the Lord. So many people today, right now, come on, I just prophesy that heavy things are lifting off of people all across this room right now. I thank you, Lord, that the weight of your glory, the weight of your presence would come and begin to set people free from heaviness, begin to set people free from burden. I thank you, Lord, that darkness is lifting, self-reliance is caving, and that today the presence of God is coming and ministering and moving today. God, let every heavy thing lift. Let the weight of our life, God, be thrown upon you and upon you alone. Come on, I want you to begin to pray right now. Come on, begin to stir up your gift of a spirit. Come on, just begin to tell God, God, I'm sorry for doing it in my own strength. I'm sorry for living life on my own. I throw the weight of my world on you, on you, on you. Come on, let's just take a moment. Come on and worship Him together. Come on. Yes. You're all we want.
You're all we want. You're all we want. Thank you, Jesus. Just tell the Lord. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all, You're we, all want. we want. You're all we want. You're all we want. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Just give it to You're Lord. all we want. Yes. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Just for a moment right now, if you say, I just need a fresh touch of the presence of God. Just in the couple moments we have, why don't you come out of your seat? Come on and just feel the altar right now. You say, I just need a fresh touch of the presence of God. God, I'm just hungry for you tonight. I want more of you in my life. Come on, I, I ask, Lord, for more of you. Come on, I just believe there's a fresh touch tonight. There's a fresh infilling. Come on, don't live life on your own. Come on, lean not on your own understanding, but on the Spirit of the Lord. On the Spirit of the Lord. Just come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Oh, we love your presence. We love your presence. That's it. That's it. Beautiful, beautiful. Come on, let's worship together. Let's sing. Hey, come on, let's just believe. Pastoral team, come on, even now. Let's just come and just pray for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want, Lord. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want, Lord. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want.
know you will feel me calm down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me calm down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me holy. Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want, Lord. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Calm down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me. Calm down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me. And in the name of Jesus right now, I just release this over you. As you walk into your workplaces this week, a supernatural presence of the Lord going with you. I thank you for divine encounters breaking out at work with family members. I thank you for prophetic words breaking out. Lord, for the Spirit of God being so present with us as we go. Church, never forget that the touch is for a task. God is sending you out on mission to carry His presence everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. You know, before we finish tonight, I'm so aware that there may be people here and you haven't been walking with God for a long time. Or maybe you've never walked with God. And tonight you need to make a decision to make the most important dependence you'll ever make on your life, placing your dependence on the Lord and saying, God, I give you my life. You say, Pastor Sam, what does that mean? Let me tell you, friend, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to this earth. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God with skin on. To look at Him is to look at God. To hear how He speaks to people is to hear how God speaks to people. To see how He loves people is to see how God loves people. And the Bible says that 2,000 years ago, Jesus, God with skin on, came to this earth and lived a life that you and I couldn't live, a perfect life, a sinless life. And He died on a death, a place, a death in our behalf, a death in our place. What does that mean? It means that all the wrong that we've done in our life was placed upon Him. All of our sin, what sin? It's all the stuff we've done wrong to God, the stuff we've done wrong to others, all the stuff that's been done wrong to us. The Bible says all of it was placed on Him and it died with Him on the cross. Three days later, He rose again in victory. Brand new. So that every single person who calls upon the name of Jesus can live a life, come on, brand new, made new, come on, in the presence of God. say, tonight I need that, Pastor Sam. I want to start my journey of faith. Can I tell you? Do it. You know you need to do it. Why else are you here? You're not here by accident. You're here on assignment. You're here on purpose. 
with this sweaty South Australian preacher (laughs) in this great church for this moment, for your life to change. So whether it's the first time or the first time in a long time, come on, close your eyes all across this place. The first time or the first time in a long time, you need to place your dependence on God and make a decision to follow Christ tonight. I want you to lift your hand on the count of three. I'm going to see it and I'm going to pray. And this is going to be a changing moment for you. You know you need to make this decision tonight. If that's you, don't hesitate, don't wait. You don't need to know it all to have it all. Dive in tonight fully into faith in Christ. If that's you tonight, you lift your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Lift your hand up tonight. I see you there. I see you there as well. Anyone else tonight? There's two people. Anyone else tonight? Anyone else tonight? You lift your hand right now if that's you. Three. I see you there. Anyone else tonight? You lift your hand. You say, I need to place my life fully in the hands of Christ tonight in Jesus' name. That's amazing. Three people. Was there anyone else tonight? You say, that's me. Don't wait a second longer. Don't hesitate. I see you there as well. Amazing. Four people tonight making a decision for Christ. Come on. Can we rejoice? Come on with all of heaven for people placing their faith and their dependence on Jesus. So good. Come on, why don't we pray this prayer? Dear Jesus, tonight I place my faith in you. Thank you for dying for me, for rising for me, for forgiving me of my sin and making me new. I accept you as my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, we ought to celebrate tonight. Come on, every person who made that decision. Come on, in Jesus' name, amen, amen.